What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Two Dimes and a Token. Brock Nasty, your host, as you know. Uh, before we dive into the episode, we got to tell you our sponsor of this podcast, as you all know, Death Grip Wax, the greatest mustache wax on the planet with the best beard oil. If you're looking to step your game up, make yourself go from a six to a 10, this is the way you do it. Put yourself on the next level, right? Death Grip Wax, use two dimes and a token uh, when you go shop at their site. Links are actually in the profile as well. You get 20% off your entire purchase per single time. So go get go get your Death Grip Wax. Um, in this particular episode, we have uh, a wonderful guest named Ryan Ishley, a very good friend of our token. Um, he's actually somebody who we met and we were able to sit down with at our adventure when we went up to Camp Keystone for the Salvation Army Men's Retreat. And um, he got to share his story a little bit. And this is one of recovery, just like our token. Um, it's really inspiring and it really kind of hits on a bunch of different levels. And uh, he's a great human being, has an awesome personality. He's absolutely hilarious. Um, this one's a little bit more, a little bit more down uh, uh, the serious path, but we do crack a few jokes. Um, but you guys are in for an amazing story. It's an awesome time, and uh, I just see your boy in the back there. Way to go, Goose! Um, without further ado, make sure you guys go subscribe, say what's up to Goose, right? Hit the like button. Do everything that you can to help us out. We still rely on you. We love you guys. We appreciate all the love. Let's continue to pour into that gigantic love circle for two dimes and a token by hitting that subscribe button. So thank you guys so much. Uh, without further ado, Mr. Ryan Ishley. I know, dude. And then we got a whole thing. This We got a sign up there. My mom gave me. It says, uh, wait, I forgot what it says. Airhead? You did not wake up today to be a weak-ass bitch. <laughs> That's what my mom, my mom gave me that. Love it. But yeah, it says we got a whole little backdrop, whole thing. So welcome. Yeah. What's our drink of the pod, dude? Monster Hydro. It's uh, Monster Hydro. Yeah. Super sport. I just had my first taste of it. Top class, really good stuff. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be my first taste we'll see how this goes it's not very good <laughs> i actually don't think it's that bad the mango's not bad <laughs> the mango's not bad. i kind of like it it's it's got b it's got bcaa's <laughs> hey, i watched a survival show where this guy drank his pee oh it's like he's like it's actually not that bad. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty much what Monster Mango tastes yeah, like. Yeah, that is what it tastes like. It's like a trip. They will never sponsor bad. your show after that. They'll comment. never sponsor the show. I'm really glad that we're airing this. So, dude, thanks for thanks for hopping on, dude. I know we uh, we jumped it because we had someone else that was going to hop on first. My pleasure, man. Hey, it's on the fly. Let's roll. That's what I'm saying. It's on the butterflies a are little bit. Are we introducing or are we going right now? Huh? Are we going through an introduction or are we just going right now? So we're going to cut that part yeah. because I, I do an introduction for everybody. Right. So before we even get to this segment, they're going to know who we're talking to. They're going to know everything, what it's about, okay. everything. Yeah. He doesn't watch our podcast very often. Not really. I'm not in <laughs> all that. Yeah. I'm, he's, I'm, he's not in all the time. But not in all the time. Cut, anyway. Cut, cut. All right. 
Yeah, so we're here, man. And uh, again, thanks for coming on, dude. And, and obviously, we're out here. What's where? What, I keep forgetting the name. What's the campsite we're at? We're at Camp Camp Keystone. Camp Keystone. Camp Keystone. Oh. And uh, how far did you travel to get over here? Uh, to get over, it was four and a half hours for me. So I'm in Lehigh Acres. That's crazy, man. So what what has you coming all the way here? What's what's kind of like your motivation? So I've been coming to the camp for many years. Uh, first started before I actually was really involved in crossroads or even knew about the camp i got invited i started going to salvation army church and i got invited by the lieutenant and i came up and it was the first time i actually seen a group of guys in recovery specifically a group of christian guys in recovery yeah that's yeah. cool yeah. so now crossroads tell us a little bit about that because i know everybody has a gist we've explained what what this what the next few podcasts are going to be like but okay um explain what crossroads is uh so crossroads is a rehabilitation center it's no longer there but uh at the time it was a rehabilitation center for adult males yeah okay so um and as you know with our first episode we did with chris and he kind of told his story and it was a little bit more... It has nothing to do about Crossroads, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we actually didn't talk about it at all. But we just, he just called it rehab. Rehab. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah. Now, when you were... So where did you grow up, man? In Northeast Pennsylvania. Nice. Wow. What, what brought you to Florida? Uh, so my, my addiction brought me to Florida. So uh, when I was real young, I started getting the drugs and alcohol. When I was a, when I was a teen, my parents kind of divorced. I went down the wrong path. I eventually got in trouble when I was young. I went away to um, military camps. I went away to Camp Adams. If you look up, uh, there's a movie. They ha- it's a documentary they have out called Kids for Cash. Yeah. It's about a crooked judge. His name is Mark Shivarella, and he put teen kids away, um, basically for a long time, backfunded money through the government, and paid him and another judge. And he's currently serving about 25 years in prison. 25 years, Jesus. Yes, sir. That's terrible. So, so I, I got in a lot of trouble when I was a kid. Um, basically, when I turned 18 years old, uh, in, in my mind, and also the people that were around me at that time, they said, uh, you know, you, you need to get out of here. It just yeah. the, the environment that I was in wasn't good. So I, I moved down to Florida. And uh, that was probably the worst decision I ever made. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I brought myself with me, you know, and I, I didn't really necessarily seek help or get help. And, uh, you know, I, I did what the average person does. You know, they wake up, they go to work, they come back home, and they repeat, they repeat. Mm-hmm. You know, I never, uh, I never fixed myself, never helped myself, and never thought I really needed help until it was a problem. Yeah. You know, and the, the problem, uh, you know, that I had was alcoholism and then drug addiction. And little by little, uh, what led me there to crossroads is that problem. Yeah. You know, I uh, my first interaction with the Salvation Army was in twenty. It was in twenty fifteen. It was on April Fools. Yeah. And uh, one of the one of the captains, I think he's a captain now. Um, one of the guys that's here, anyways, he's with the Salvation Army, uh, Jeremy. He actually came over to my my property at that time. The lights were off. Uh, I was out of a job. Yeah. The water wasn't on, and uh, I'm sitting there empty, broken, nothing, nothing to my name. And uh, he actually brought me into show me the crossroads, and he spent he spent probably about eight hours of his life with me, uh, just showing me the crossroads. 
going through like down to the church, introducing me to guys. Like I heard personal testimonies from people that were getting better, people yeah. that went through the program. Yeah. And uh, I still didn't want to do it. I still turned it down. <laughs> You're like, nah. I'm like, I, you know, my. Uh, that's you know, not for me, boss. <laughs> you know, one of the, one of the craziest things you learn about uh, a drug addiction is is our self will. Yeah. You know, and, and our yeah. self will takes over. And we're like, we got this. Yeah. We got this, man. We're like, I hey, don't I don't need all that. I don't need help. And uh, you know, I, I needed the help. And he he told me he said, man, if you don't join the program, he's like, I know the stats and I've seen these guys and I know it's going to happen. Within a year, you're going to relapse and uh, you're, you're going to be it's going to be worse. You could even die. You know, like you're going to yeah. go to jail. You're gonna you're gonna die. Something's gonna happen, and uh, I stuck with it, man. I'm like, at, at the time I was uh, I was with my daughter, and uh, well, with my ex as well. And um, you know, at the time I was like, I've I've got a, a property and these uh, bills and all this stuff I need to take care of, and uh, I went back into it. And like I, I, I was one of those guys like the multiple relapse guys, man. I come in yeah. and out and in and out, and I like I show up to the meetings, and I I, I never listen to anything they would say. I would just show up, and I just hear people, and I, I want to meet people. I just walk out the door, yeah. Get in the car, drive back, like I, like I was doing something to help help myself out, yeah. you know. And that's that's the truth too. When you when you because when I was in addiction, you know, I'm like I'm losing all these things. I'm losing my house. I'm losing cars. I'm losing my lights, and and I'm like, yeah, I planned for all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got rough. this wrapped up right where I want it. <laughs> So, so within that year, uh, Jeremy actually, uh, he was right, man. On It was March, uh, my sobriety date is March 23rd, 2016. And nice. That's amazing. That, that last month uh, of my life was like the darkest of it, you know. Uh, we, we use drugs and we have a lot of fun doing it. But, man, once it gets so intense where you can't control it and you're absolutely surviving just to get that next fix and that next high, yeah, it is absolutely, like, miserable, man. And it's uh, the craziness that goes on and the stuff you do. And, uh, you know, I, I committed a lot of crimes during that time. I, uh, you know, I made a lot of bad decisions. I did a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, my, my, last, uh, my last week using, I was literally laying in a Walmart parking lot. My head was propped up on a curb. I was holding a needle in one hand and a bag of dope in the other hand. And I was just begging for help. And at that time, I didn't have a spiritual connection with God. Yeah. And I, I'm just laying there. And I'm like, just please, like somebody, please help me. I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Like I was just barely getting by and I was going to die. And that next week, I got arrested. Yeah. Thank God. Well, thank God for real. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you get arrested for? So I got I I got arrested for uh home invasion. I was oh. uh I was high at the time and uh I, I'd walk around and I'd look I look for people to rob. So I, I literally ran into these people's houses. They were on vacation, I guess, at the time. And uh, I ran in there and I um you know, I was I was high at the time. I had like a lighter or something to light my way and walk through. Yeah, yeah. You, you could read the news report on it if you look it up from uh, Fox News. So, <laughs> so, so I'm I'm uh, I'm going through these people's houses and I, I grabbed like the lady's purse and there was a duffel bag, and uh, you know at the, at that time I didn't know, but they were looking for a suspicious guy. Yeah. At that time, walking the streets and you know come to find out that was me. <laughs> and. Uh, uh, next thing you know, I, I see the lights, uh, the red and blues on outside, and uh, the lady, like the lady in one room, screams. She must have overheard me, probably stumbling in the house for, as far as I know. 
and uh, I run out the house. I smash through the glass door, wow. and uh, I started running. And uh, this little linebacker man, about Chris's size, caught up with me, and this dude hit me on the side, and I went down to the ground. Yeah. And uh, I got back up. I was fighting the guy for a little bit, and uh, I, I started running again. And when I was running, I just, I literally just stopped, and I surrendered. I just let go. That's I said, amazing. I said, to hell with it. I'm, I'm done. Tired. Tired of running. I was tired of running, yeah. Tired yeah. of it. Yeah. And thankful for that. You know, I'm thankful for that guy that stopped me that night, too. Um, going in Collier County Jail, uh, definitely with the IV heroin addiction that I had was one of the, the worst detoxes I've ever felt. Uh, I was suicidal. So they put me in the turtle suit. I'm, you know, you're naked underneath and you got this big old heavy turtle yeah, suicide yeah, exactly. suit on you. And uh, they put me in this glass box, and they had to monitor me for a few days. And uh, I was abs- I was out of it. And you know, I'm like, uh, I'm crapping, puking on myself. You know, yeah. it's it's bad. Yeah, that's intense, man. So when you when you're in that moment and you finally get through the detox portion, and because I think a lot of people know that's where physical things become so intense and so painful and just the effects of that. But when you're finally through the detox portion, like what's your thought process? Is is it like, this is new or what are you so, thinking? So to be honest about it, my thought process at that time, I spent, uh, when I detoxed in there, I spent the next three weeks in jail. And I think I, I pretty much called everybody that I knew to try to bail me out. Yeah. That's, that's what we do. Yeah, that's what we so do. With, within those uh, few weeks, I spent time really like, uh, you know, I did grab a Bible. I grabbed, they had like a narcotic anonymous book. They didn't have an AA book in there at the time. But I, I still have the, the NA book. And I wrote in there, uh, it's, it's some scribble now. I can look back at it. But I wrote in there like, I, man, I never want to use again. And I want to do things right this way. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And, uh, you know, like I, I promised myself that whenever I get out of jail, I'm going to I'm going to make my life different this time. Yeah. And the first thing I did when I got out of jail was I went to the dope house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was. And that's the truth and uh that didn't change my sobriety date, thank God, because I knocked on the the dope man's house and uh he opened the door and he said, "Ryan, I ain't got nothing for you, bro." Yeah. And I was I was in shambles. I was like and it, and it finally hit me um that that same night my uh when I got out of jail, my mom dropped me off to pick up. I had a motorcycle, and uh, I picked up the motorcycle. And my mom's like, all right, see you back at the house. And I'm like, okay, see you back at the house. You know, That's the first place I go. And, uh, you know, he t- the guy told me, he said, he said, Ryan, something you said to me uh, about a month ago changed me. Because I, I used to tell everybody else they had a problem. Yeah. Not me. You know, that was, that was my thing. And I, yeah. I think that's everybody's, like, every drug addict's thing. Yeah. It's like, like, I ain't got a problem, bro. Yeah. You, everybody else around me yeah. has got a problem. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, that uh, that really shaped and changed it. I went. I remember I went out to my motorcycle. I put the helmet on, and I cried like a baby. Because, I like, it was the first time in my life I absolutely, like, I, I realized the insanity of my addiction. Like, where, where it actually brought me to. Yeah. Huh. And I think... Sometimes if you can elaborate too, like people being in this experience and being around this retreat and around, you know, people from Crossroads, like people explain the addiction, it, it almost like blinds you. Is that? It does. Yeah. Yeah. Once, uh, 
you know, you could start out with something small. It's that chemical reaction. You keep doing it every day. It's like smoking a cigarette almost. It's that feeling of lifting your hand up to your mouth. Yeah. You know, and it becomes it becomes natural. It's not like when I was uh, when I was a teen, I was like, oh man, I want to bang needles right in my arm. You know, yeah. get juice, get gassed up, man, and go on a run and rob people and hurt people. You know, like yeah. I, I never wanted to do any of that stuff, and that's uh, that's the decisions that I, I personally made, and that's where my addiction took me to. You know. Yeah. So um now obviously you've had this moment you've had this big revelation like what is what happens over the next six months that kind of puts you on the next part of your life so huge 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 change uh what i did that next day i didn't i didn't speak to anybody about what happened during that time but what i did that next day was i actually went into a meeting and i i walked in and I asked people for help and I told them, I said, I, I just got out of jail and I'm doing horrible. And I, I spoke to this old man and it was like, it was this little, little small AA meeting at the time. And I spoke to this old man and he, uh, he gave me his phone number, said to call him. Of course I didn't call him right off the rip, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but I, I started going to meetings every single day and, uh, I was, I was arrested for uh, a few, few crimes, which I got arrested for. And I had to go back to court. So what I did was I just went to meetings every single day. And I tried to uh, get myself into the Crossroad program voluntarily. Yeah. I was like, I, I wanted to go through the rehabilitation process. I knew I needed it. Everything was gone. Like my, my personal stuff, the job, and like all that stuff yeah. was gone. And uh, thank, thank God, you know, like you, some people, when they say rock bottom, uh, so, some people have different levels of rock bottom. For me, it was like, I need zero dollars. I need to feel worthless. I need to feel embarrassed. I need to feel like I've never felt in my life type stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's intense, dude. Yeah. Chris, what was, is that kind of similar to your experience? Like when you finally hit that moment and you were like, I need to make, I need to make a change. Were you kind of in that same position? Like you had to hit rock bottom? Yeah. Yeah. I went for a long time, bro. I went for a long time. I was I mean, I, I was in those woods for a year camping. Yeah. And I had to go through that. And there was a point where I didn't even have a tent. <laughs> <laughs> so as uh, we need to explain this here, I think a lot of people a lot of our guests should already know, but if you're tuning in um and you are looking for to listen to somebody else's story that really understands that you're not alone. Um, we here, we've been through this for years. We've talked about it for years. And we've also expanded. We have a very huge sense of humor. And these things now, because, I mean, you guys have been sober for years now. Yeah. I mean, you said 2016. Yep. I mean, it's seven years, man. That's yeah. amazing, you know? So now you look back on these things and you've changed your life and you're doing, you're unbelievably successful, right? And in what you're doing with your life. And Chris, you're in the same direction. So now we look back at these things and we can laugh at them. Um, but if you are one of those individuals that are in the moments that we're talking about, you know, don't, don't take it the wrong way, but just understand that Chris is actually still available, can reach out and yeah. if you guys ever need help like that. Podcast, so you yeah, want to make sure you want to make sure you guys know this. Cause we are, we are still going to have our normal podcast sense of humor, right? You know what I mean? But well, we do know how serious. Yeah, no, we got, we got to put did this I, did I take this podcast to a serious note or what? No, no, it's great. This is good. This is good so far. So. Uh, I mean, so like you said, continue on to that, Chris. You said at a certain point you didn't even have a tent. And you I didn't just, have a tent. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't have nothing. There was there was times, bro. What what really got me was when I'm out there and I'm getting high and I'm getting drunk and I'm by myself. 
And now I'm high and drunk, and and I'm not even having fun no more. Still, mm. you know, at that point, it's like there's there's nothing left, and you start to realize where you're at. You know, you're getting bit up by mosquitoes, bro. Yeah. You're hungry. You're hot. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in Florida, bro. <laughs> you are hot. <laughs> you ain't sleeping most nights, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I ain't sleeping anyway because I was so, my choice of drug was meth. Yeah. But you know. I mean, it, it 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 got to the point where I was like, dude, I'm, I don't care. Yeah. I, I'm willing to go do a eight to four job. I'm willing to do whatever, dude. I'm tired of living like this, and it had to be like that for me. Prison didn't do it for me. The first two rehabs didn't do it for me. Yeah. You know, I wasn't, I hadn't hit rock bottom till I got to that point, and I'm so blessed to get to that point, bro. I'm so blessed. Yeah. So now you guys, um, switching gears back here, so. When you got into Crossroads, right, and you really started to evolve um, and really start to go through that program, um, I know there's a, like we've mentioned a couple times, but there's a big connection to developing a, a faith, a religious faith. There is, yeah. Um, now, do you, have you ever experienced, in your opinion, do you think that that's something that's necessarily required, going through a process and trying to get sober and going through that stuff? I'd say 100%. I want absolutely yeah. 100%. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I mean, why why would you feel that way? Okay, so so myself, my own power couldn't yeah. get me to where I am now. I've tried it multiple times. Yeah. What I work on right now is not my own power. You know, it's 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 a power they say in in the rooms, you know, a power a higher power of your choice. I choose to call God, yeah. you know, but my God of my understanding. You know, what I mean, I rely to that. I rely on my God for everything that I do and all the choices that I make. I have to make that trust because once I put my own control in my own life, yeah. that's where my downfall starts. I start to say, "Hey, I'm going to do that. I don't care what comes up to me." And I'm, you know, I'm self will run riot, right, you know, <laughs> and I'm forcing shit, and and you know, and, and next thing you know, I'm miserable and I'm depressed and I'm stressed, and then I'm thinking about doing dope. Yeah, you know, if I just let God and let go, you know. Yeah. Then, and then it is what it is, you know. Do you what, do you feel similar? I, yeah, I want I want to touch on that real quick, just to to butt up with the story. So it it took me um, seven months just to get into the crossroad, and that was approved by the court system. When they gave me my first plea offer, they offered me fifteen years in prison. Oh my! That was my gosh. first plea. That and that's not a good offer. That's nice. You know, I want to I want to take that offer I, right off the bat. Fifteen, 15 years. <laughs> I didn't like it. So at that time, I'm like, I'm a drug addict. You know, I need help. And uh, I I did. And they had this program called Drug Court through Lee County, which saved my life. And it it was very strict. And, uh, you know, I had to do X, Y, and Z. And at the same time, I got approval because I voluntarily wanted to go into rehab. That's when I went into the Salvation Army. The, The biggest part for me with the Salvation Army, the spiritual aspect of it was getting connected to god but actually like hearing the word over and over and participating getting involved and then surrendering and uh it's i I think i have one more in surrender than anything overall you know so this this spiritual connection like chris is saying the self-will i can't rely on myself and i i have to just accept i have to accept certain things in my life i have to accept people i have to accept circumstances you know yeah no i i I understand where you're coming from big time. And I think this, I guess this leads to my next question. Like 
Um, and this is not a challenging question. It's just I think it gives people a better understanding, you know. And yeah. some people would say, well, hey, I get where you're coming from, but I can do that on my own. You know, and some people have been successful in that way. It's pretty incredible. I think that I would agree with you guys. I would say that's a little bit more rare um, or a lot more rare. But, I mean, what would you what would you comment to those individuals, like starting with Chris? That that aren't, don't believe in God or think that's crazy? Yeah, I think that it's self-will. Okay, that does so, those so I, I, I'll tell you this, man. I, and th- I, this is just a knowledge question. Right. I mean, we're not trying to prove any facts here. Right, so. I can tell you this by, by, by fact. That every time right I right after I said we're s- not doing facts, right. <laughs> but, we but every time that I've tried to run my own program, okay, like try to stop on my own and no. say I'm not going to the meetings, I'm not going to church, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing none of that. I'm just gonna stop on my own free will. I have failed 100 percent of the time, 100 percent. I can't make my own schedule for my own. Sub- recovery yeah i cannot you know mm-hmm. i have to follow a set of rules and laws that the alcoholic anonymous book has presented and and that's how i continue to be sober you know yeah. and it, it, it and it shows it you know the third step you know the second step is believing a power greater than yourself are you willing to do that you know honestly yeah. majority of the time in my experience in my own experience you know, when when those questions are asked, I'm just like, yeah, 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 whatever, yeah, let's go, let's go. You know, I'm I'm ready to do it. I don't find out consciously that uh, uh, about God till later in my in my step work, really. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm so into like, I'm like, yeah, I'll do whatever, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever. But as I start doing this process of trusting in God and following God, do I start to see God? You know, and God's work and what it is he's doing. And then at that point, it's like, dude, I 100% trust in God now, you know. Yeah, I feel you. What, what would you say? To I would completely disagree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm open to all avenues of recovery. Just because I recovered a certain way, um, you know, I shouldn't object to anybody else itself. You know, I've, yeah. I've seen people be on medication and, uh, you know, go to you know, go to for mental health counseling and I've seen them, you know, just come in for a little bit. And I, you know, you see the people that come in and go out as well, but, uh, also, you know, there's, there's, uh, guys and gals out there, they go to a recovery, uh, a rehab for uh, a month or two, uh, you know, or a 90 day wash yeah. and they spend the rest of their life sober, you know, some, if, if somebody wants to get sober and live a sober lifestyle, no matter what they believe, whichever avenue they go down, all the power to them. You know, yeah. the the path that worked for me, you know, are the spiritual principles itself. But like you have, you have a lot of different avenues. You have the AA, you have the NA, you have the uh, cel- um, celebrate recovery. Celebrate recovery. You yeah. know, so like there's there's all these different paths. But the most important part is is your sobriety, your your personal recovery, because you have to take care of yourself first before you can help other people. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's incredible, man. So, if as far as if you came across somebody or anybody that is having that type of issue, I mean, what's one piece of advice that you would give to them? As they're it, it say depending on they're not even at the level where they're ready, like you were at a point where you're like I'm done. Yeah. If they're not even at that point, you it's know. So, it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. I and it's a yeah, I'm a big guy. I'm I'm six foot three. I'm two hundred and eighty pounds, and uh, 
you know, for me to, to ask help from another man is a hard thing to do. It's tough. So, so yeah, so you got to be open about it. You know, if I need help doing something, you know, it's, it's easy to say, but man, it's hard to push it out. If you're in that situation, it's, uh, you know, using drugs isn't like, you know, something that's really cool that everybody's like, yeah, you're my hero, you know? It's something that's, it's <laughs> for real, for real. It's like, uh, I idolize you, bro. Yeah, you know, the guy on the street that's begging for change is not like, I want to be like him, you know? <laughs> you, yeah. that's you, uh, living life. <laughs> yeah, you, it, it's really about getting out of yourself, like a little bit of self-reflection, but man, just asking for help. You know, uh, you know, if it's from God or from another person, just to just to get a little bit of something, a little taste of what help feels like. Because if I would have opened up and been a little bit more honest when I needed help, it would have been a little bit easier. You need help. You need help, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Chris. Chris is so unprofessional. He's getting triggered over here. He's, He's like, I should triggered. ask for help. Yeah. So talking about that stuff again. <laughs> so I feel you, man. That's I think that's great advice. I agree. Um, now, as far as where we're at now, I mean, how has how have these retreats helped you as far as the development of now after addiction, which I don't want to say after addiction, because Chris always taught me, he said, once an addict, you're always an addict, you're just managing your addiction. Um, but how have these retreats and gatherings like really helped develop you in the next parts of your life? I think surrounding yourself by other believers, by other people in recovery is the most important thing. Uh, I, you know, coming here and attending is one thing, but also really truthfully, like talking with people, I just spent time with another guy and I spoke with him for like two hours and it's nice to just open up and hear other people where they're at in their life, what they're doing. Can they give me some encouragement? Can I give them some encouragement? You know, I, I went out, uh, we had the, uh, the, was it the Vespers? The Vesper? Yeah, last night. Yeah. I went out after that. I didn't even join it. And I literally just sat by myself mm -hmm. and I just had a little piece of serenity. And I do it all the time, whether it's in my backyard, whether it's at a spiritual retreat. It's just my little piece of silence for like 10 minutes. And I, I think you have something like that as well in the morning, I, right? I, I do. I, I actually, for me, what I do is sometimes I'll, I'll leave, get away from everything and I'll plug in some music. And I'm talking music, not like rock rap anything like that this is all instrumental music just i want to hear the sound of peace yeah and and i just want to be with god and that's it sometimes it pumps me up and gets me ready to go you know what i'm saying that's what i want to i want to start my day like that i don't want to start my day like you know oh this is happening or turn on the news and you see iraq's getting attacked <laughs> i don't want to start my yeah day like that, that's tough know? that's a tough deal bro hmm. so by the way on a side note dude and uh, looking at your face I thought at a certain point during this podcast, you were going to stand up, look at us, flip that hat around and say, all right, all right, boy, sit tight. Yeah, we'll be right back. Yeah, sit tight. Yeah. Roll, the, roll the window down. Yeah. Got any drugs on you now? <laughs> Got any weapons or alcohol? Yeah. Anything that will stick, poke me? Yeah. Yeah. I've had that ass before, man. So, I'll tell you what, I'll let them know, too. Like, yes, I do, man. There's a needle in my in my, in my pocket, bro. Be careful. Yeah, you know? be careful. And they give you utmost respect. They don't tackle yeah. you. I, I'll that. tell you what. That's great. With, with addicts, alcoholics, you'd have some of the funniest stories, man. Like, yeah. even, even that. I remember I got pulled over one time. My buddy's sitting in the passenger seat, and he's got a spoon sitting on the floor. Yeah. And uh, the, the other officer comes around the side, and he's like, 
He's like, what's that? And I swear he looked up at him. He said, I just ate pudding. <laughs> <laughs> and the dude let it fly. Yeah. And then, let then it we got fly. let go that night. Yeah. 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 Dog. That's one thing that I will say. It's like, it's you wish it never happened. Uh, but I'll tell you what, sometimes we're at family gatherings, I get to hang out with Chris and hear some of his prison stories or some other stories. Yeah. That stuff is hilarious, dude. That's what, yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, man. and you got to look back at it and laugh at it. Because, yeah. man, if you don't, you ain't healing. <laughs> yeah, dude. See, and I, I agree with you a thousand percent on that, dude. Because I, th- I think my personal opinion, and a lot of people have disagreed with me on this, but... At a certain point in time, man, I think there's pretty much almost anything can really be funny. And that's happened in your life or something that embarrasses you a little bit or something like that. Like, you know, it is it is what it is. Eventually, like even this is going to sound terrible. But again, even terrorist attacks, 9-11, it's 20 years after the fact. And people are on people are doing stand up comedy, making 9-11 oh, yeah. jokes. You know what I'm saying? Like eventually there's a certain point where you got to laugh at everything. It is what it is. And I think laughter is one of the greatest greatest healings that you can possibly have in your life. Mm. I think it's amazing. Yeah. So when you're able, especially when you're able to look at yourself and like all the things, because a lot of people don't know, well, our people that watch know, I've been arrested just as many times as Chris has. I just never got into drugs. You know, I've always, Idiot. Yeah, I've always, I've always been a moron. Are you, are you telling me you made conscious decisions for yes, this? Yes, <laughs> Absolutely, bro, I did. So there was, I think I told this one on the podcast before, but there was one time I had, uh, I spray painted a giant green penis on our high school, and I robbed our the store. They had a candy store. Yeah. And the funny thing was, I was gangster. Yeah, I was. Hey, <laughs> I'm out here gang banging. It's funny too, because <laughs> he didn't just like they didn't leave in a car, right? Yeah. And they they left off foot. So he's running with these bags of I candy. Got, dude, we're chips. talking about like industrial sized trash bags full of candies, okay. sodas, all that. Man, like, <laughs> I'm getting off work. Me and my buddies see them. <laughs> we, we pull over. Yeah. They're all in black hoodies and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, hey, man. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? He's like, dude, we just robbed the man to stand help. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got to bleep that. Yeah. <laughs> Can't tell them what school it was. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, yeah, dude. And uh, when I say a giant green male member, like, I'm not kidding, bro. That thing was 80 feet long. Yeah, it was huge. A few cans or what? <laughs> yes, like. It was huge. It was huge. Like, everybody at school saw it the next day. Everybody, it was it was the talk of the town probably the next two years. And uh, it was, the way I got caught was hilarious. I denied it. They pulled me in because they had security cameras in there. And they saw my shoes. I had duct tape shoes because I used to skateboard all the time with Chris. And I had a pair of Michigan, uh, University of Michigan Wolverine uh, gym shorts. Yeah. And I wore them things all the time. All the time. And uh, so I went in. They saw my camera. They were like, well, that's Brock. I was also, (laughs) yeah. I was huge compared to everybody back then. He's one of the biggest kids in school. Yeah. And I was like 14. Mm. So I think I was like six foot one at that time. But I had. Coach Messina. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. We'll move on from Gotta bleep bleep some of that, too. Yeah. So, but. Uh, I, like I had heard, I'd been working out for probably a year and a half at that point, and I, you know how it is when you first start working out, you get real big, real strong, real fast because your body's not used to it, so you make bigger gains in the beginning. So I became very built very quickly, and so when I walked on camera, they were like, "That's his shoes, that's his shorts, and that's definitely him." Yeah. <laughs> and they pulled me in a room, and they were like, "I was like, no, bro, why would I do that? I love the school. I play football for school. I do everything for school. I got love this school." 
and they brought in this, remember the, the the TVs on the giant racks yeah. that had the strap yeah that's me <laughs> <laughs> they brought that in and they pressed play and I was like yeah that's me yeah immediately <laughs> I was like you caught me yeah <laughs> right there but there and there's probably I think there's probably about eight nine more times that I can tell stories like that so I'm I'm close with you yeah you know I connect with you on that yeah it's all good you never. Yeah, except for they can see Chris's uh, record from the space station. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Mine, most part, yeah. Mine's about a quarter that length. Yeah, really? <laughs> I'm so, in the double digits, yeah. bud. <laughs> so. Oh, man. So, all right. Well, we'll kind of we'll get to wrapping up a little bit, dude. But um, the one of our last segments, well, actually, we'll go, I want to go through two of them. I think the two segments is really great. So, we have a sign on there that says, Bad decisions make better stories. Throughout your entire life, man, can you think of one of the worst decisions that you've ever made that has actually turned out to be something that really blessed you or saved you in the long run? Mm. So I would I would say in general that I have accepted every wrongdoing that I've ever done. And it has, like, man, if you look back at all the bad stuff that's happened in your life, the bad decisions that you've made... And you, you can either let it define you and put you down, or you can let it define you and bring you up. And and God has really given me, like, this power, man, to show me that anything is truly possible. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the bad decisions, you know, me on me on Fox News, the guy that broke into houses and robbed people and the drug addict and all that stuff, you know, that was... Uh, that was just sharpening me almost, you know, like the uh, the diamond in the dirt almost. And I, I look back at that stuff now and I'm like, man, thank you so much for that because it wouldn't have made me the person that I am today. You know, I'm completely night and day from, uh, you know, if, if anything, I'm bringing stuff to people's houses and giving it to them, you know, I'm giving stuff away. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy that, man. And it's like uh, serving the community and being an asset to the community is uh, one of the most valuable things that you can give back. That's awesome, man. I love that. So in our final segment, we do what's called Spice of the Week. So we'll save ours because we're doing quite a few podcasts in one day. Um, But Spice of the Week, basically, it's uh, sponsored by Joe's Backyard Smokehouse. Oh, Oh, snap. Get some smokehouse. It's sexy. Anyway, um, so the Spice of the Week is you tell us something that's happened in the last week that's made your week a little bit better because we all know everybody goes through a nine to five or whatever it is that they do in their lives or say they're starting to build their own company or whatever everybody has tough weeks and i think sometimes as human beings we tend to focus on the negative and this segment is designed for you to look at that little thing or maybe even the big thing that's like hey week wasn't really that bad right you know what i mean so the one thing that i would look back at for this past week Mm -hmm. is i'll give you an example so I had few, quite a few podcasts go up. One of my spice of the week, I'm, I look at little things. Um, it's kind of having a tough week. It was a Wednesday night, couldn't sleep, and it was about 1230. And uh, I went out in the kitchen. I saw that bag, Lucky Charms. And I had the most delicious bowl of cereal I've ever had in my life. Yeah. I don't know why it was that good. I don't know, maybe it was just having a tough week or whatever it was. But next thing you know, I get, I get to Friday afternoon and the week work week's done. Had crappy work week, like crappy work week. But I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, that bowl really hit though. Yeah, that cereal was delicious. <laughs> yeah, you know, it made my week. Made, that was what. like that was like the smallest thing you could possibly. I don't know take. what it is, man. For me, it's just the little things. And, and really? Keon, Keon has typically pretty big things. Like he he talks about, he's got moments that uh, as a parent. 
that he likes to bring up, and and he also had a moment where a guy gave him a hundred dollars to for him to keep shopping uh, for Christmas last Christmas for I Mikey. That one, yeah. yeah, that one. So just little things or big things. For, whatever stands out for me. I'm gonna I'll bring in like a mid mid thing. Okay, all right. So uh, before I actually left for camp, you know, I, I I dead set my mind to come out here to relax to take it easy. But before I left, I go out in the backyard. And I've I've created this uh, this beautiful oasis out in the backyard of like fruit trees and plants and the garden, and I call it prosperity. Yeah. And uh, you know when you go into a really nice neighborhood, let's say the the houses are like ten million dollars, twenty million dollars, you know whatever. Yeah. And you you look around, they have really nice things, and I've I've created this environment around my property at my house to have those things that i want so i feel like i feel rich man yeah when i'm in my backyard because it is it's tropical it's nice it's fun um you know we it's a peaceful setting for me yeah. but uh prosperity man 100 percent. that's awesome dude that's awesome that sounds like being rich without materials right yeah i like that it is. that's cool it makes it gives you a little tingle <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying like like uh will ferrell said like a lightning bolt just hit the tip of my pink. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a really good one, dude. For real, it is. But no, thanks for coming on, man. Um, like I said, we appreciate it. I know we still got quite a few more events. So we got another 24 hours here, I think. Yeah. We'll probably be gone a little bit before that. But um, I think that this is going to do really well. I think this is going to hit and touch home with a lot of people. And um, if... Chris, I know you're you're still open to if anybody has any similar issues or anything like that. Chris is still always available. Um, our contact information is there. We go. I know we got things passing by. So um, our contact information is always available in our socials. We got our uh, two dimes in a token at gmail.com. If you guys are ever looking for help, I know Chris is available. Um, and if you guys are inspired by the story, hit us up. We can always relay over and and you know if if there's any connection that we can make to help you out that'd be good so awesome, awesome. thank you guys thank you two dimes and a token you make wolves